All right, welcome back, podcast listeners, to the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast with me, Rob, from Motobob, and Tim from Rarified Road, an urban rider now. Yeah, oh, nice. Nice addition, yeah. (laughs) Um, This is episode 25, mate. Oh. Is that a silver? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it is, yeah. Quarter of a century. Silver Jubilee. It's only taken us, what, like four years to get here or something? Three Almost years. Almost a quarter of a century, yeah. <laughs> In the last one, we were talking about your bike being broken. Yeah. I, I just thought we'd start with a bit of an update. I think we should probably just assume at uh, the start of every podcast that my bike will be broken. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's ridiculous. It's almost like I'm making it up. It's, I'm really not... I say, and apologies, uh, I was I, <laughs> I was insulting my bike. I was thinking about this as well. I was like, well, should I do the Italian accent? Don't do the Italian accent, Tim. It's horrible and it's offensive to Italian people. Um, but my yeah. ba- <laughs> basically, the bike is uh, it's Italian and I seem to have a running problem. Either it's just the ones that I'm choosing. Although this one was low mileage, super clean, nothing wrong with it at all. And even this one's acting up on me, but I just seem to have a problem with them. So yeah, last what was time, the mileage on it when you bought uh, it? Six. It's now six. Oh, that's nothing. Seven or exactly, exactly. And it was fully serviced. It was as clean as you could get because I did get some sort of snide comments on uh, some of my reviews where I bring up the Italian electronics and they're like, "Well, maybe you're just because you're buying the cheapest one and it's broken." And I'm like, "No," because this time I went for the cleanest version I could get and it was still broken. So explain that one to me. But basically, it's um, I came to it on. Saturday, I uh, got my gear on, as you do, set up cameras because I was doing an intricate rig on a uh, shot of the beeline. I was going to go and review that for the day. Set everything up I needed to, which probably took me about 15 to 20 minutes. And then uh, clicked the fire off button and it did nothing. It was completely limp. Flat battery <laughs> or not? No, no, battery's fine. I turned it on. It did the whole prime thing. The battery's as strong as you would need. It's fine. It, it was really quick to boot up. And then it was just, I clicked the button. It was like it was attached to nothing. It just went through oh. to something. And the bike just sort of went, no, not today. I was, I was just about to do the Italian accent. And I, I apologize to everyone who I offend with that. Um, but it just, it was like, no, it's too cold. I'm not doing it. And it just decided that we weren't going for a ride on Saturday. So yeah, that was highly disappointing. Ah. And it was in the garage when we last spoke. So yes. I assume that the conclusion of that was that it's fine. Yeah, it was an irritating problem. It, it basically, it stalled on me with no warning on the motorway, um, which was why I took it in, because it just it developed some random irritating stalling problem in motion. Um, and I took it to him, and it's one of those problems that you just can't figure out, can you? Because the thing is, if I take it there, he's got to take it out himself and then have it stall on him. And of course, when he took it out, it went, no, no, I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't know what Tim's talking about. And then it came back to me and I took it out and it went, yeah, we're still stalling. <laughs> and I was like, are oh, you kidding wow. me? So if you, if you can't sort of see the problem, if the mechanic takes it out and it doesn't do it, then he can't diagnose it because to him it's working fine. And he was very sympathetic towards that. And I was like, I knew that was going to be the case, but uh, it's going to be one of those really irritating problems. But I think I'm probably going to get it working obviously need to get it working to a degree where i can ride it and then to be honest with you even if it never gives me another problem i'm not going to stick with it it's just not worth it it's burnt its bridge with me that was quick it's burnt the bridge man the problem is with the previous bikes that i've had if you've owned them for a while if i'd owned it for a year and i loved it and it started giving me a problem i would stick it out because you'd be like oh it's irritating this but i do love the bike and it's it's grown on me 
But because I've ridden it probably less than 10 times, let's call it about five times I've actually properly ridden it, and in the cold and the wet, I haven't had a chance to fall in love with it. So any problem it gives me, and it's a big problem, it's an irritating problem, is enough for me to just go, I don't enjoy you. You're not, you're not the bike for me at the minute. But I'm not in a rush. Are you not somewhat kind of hopeful that the problem you've got now where it won't start is actually the thing that was causing it to... Yeah, well, yeah, I am partially hopeful that this is the same problem, but I don't know that it would be. It feels unrelated, to be honest with you, but um, yeah, it could be. Mm. Well, I used to take a little bit of pleasure in kind of minor mishaps of yours. Uh, <laughs> and they were always good for something to talk about on the podcast, yeah. but I, I am feeling for you on this one, mate. Only because it's a, it's a new bike as well, and I was really yeah. looking forward to it. And it's one that I think we've both been interested. I don't think we've actually <clears throat> said for any new listeners, it's Tim's yellow Scrambler, Ducati Scrambler 800. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's one that, I, I said before, haven't I, that if I didn't buy the streets win, it probably would have been a scrambler. Yeah, yeah. and I can see why as well, when it yeah, works. Yeah, it looks super fun. Uh, so it's, it's gutting for you, mate, really. Yeah, it just is. When you just sat at it, you know, when you just, you, even if I'm not planning to go out and ride today, the fact that I can't go out and ride today is uh, demoralizing. And this is the, you know, the big thing that puts people off buying used as well, isn't it? You know, there's no one to take it back to. True. And you, you feel like you they may have known about this when they sold it to you. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't think he did. And that's, um, usually I give them the benefit of the doubt anyway, but I think on this particular occasion, I actually don't think he, it was something that had done it to him. Because I had, I mean, I took it out on some lengthy rides in the wet um, from him and it sort of sat and stuff and it gave me no grumble. Um, it's just when Where I- Where was it stored? Uh, in a garage actually. So yeah, huh. yeah, it was, it was barely sort of ridden, not ridden that often anyway. He gave it a new battery before he gave it to me as well. So yeah, I can't, I can't say any particular reason. It's just because it's a proper head scratcher. If I had any kind of an inclination, uh, like um, any kind of uh, indication as to what it is, that would be less yeah. frustrating. But the fact that it is, it is a, it's a non-issue. It's like it's because it's it's not there half the time, and then sometimes it just decides to stall. I mean, it, it it sounds somewhat related. If it cuts out and now it won't even start, you'd imagine it, it's not like a. No, I mean, hopefully, I mean, if it's related. related, it could be related. Let's keep our fingers crossed that it is, and let's keep our fingers crossed that I can actually get out and ride. Although to be fair, the weather isn't great, so to be honest with you, the bike's probably doing me a favour. That's true. It's quite nice here today, is it? But still not biking. No. Because of the old restrictions, probably same as everybody else that's listening. Uh, but hopefully we're a month or two away from being able to ride a little bit more. In the meantime, mm. we've got a topic of conversation for this uh, podcast episode, which I picked up from. I think I've mentioned before as well that I quite often listen to kind of car podcasts. I like hearing the formats yes. and ideas. And one that came up was on the Scene Through Glass podcast. I don't know if you follow Scene Through Glass on youtube i don't or not uh it's a guy called sam i think and he's london-based supercars kind of job um and they were talking on his podcast about what they would spend hundred and forty thousand pounds on and you could choose one ultimate car or multiple less expensive cars and have a mm -hmm. bit of a fleet and they, they did the same thing for both and uh it had me thinking i was like that's super interesting but £140,000 would take oh, ages if you were talking bikes. <laughs> can we not just push the budget up close to 140? That would be nice. And I think also as a mental exercise for you, Tim, kind yeah. of um, just to lift your motorcycling vibes and bring some positivity. Like, yeah. what do they call it? Like visualizing, 
you know, a happy place where you have like three new motorcycles or something yeah. might pull, pull you through the next few weeks of trying to fix the scrambler. So <laughs> I had to rein in the budget down to 25 grand, which I think is more or less reasonable because for one bike, that would be one very nice bike, but it does cut out some silly stuff, you know, like the, um, I don't know, Ducati Superleggero or V4R. Yes. In fact, most Harleys as well, the big touring ones, you won't get them. You won't get a Goldwing, uh, brand new anyway. Mm. You won't get some of the Indians. Uh, I think like the Kawasaki H2R, that might not be in the, the budget H2R either. is well over, yeah. Were they up to like 40 or something? I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, it's a lot like more that. than the, the regular H2. A few um, MV Augustas are out of question as well. And I'm not sure what else, but my point is, it's not complete free reign. You have to think a little no. bit about what you would want to to go for. But to relate it to the cars, 140,000 doesn't give you all the top end cars either. So it makes sense. I think it's about the right amount. Same. Yeah. I don't know why they came up with 140 grand. I didn't, I like skipped through. So I didn't hear that bit. But yeah, anyway, 25 grand. I posted it on the Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast Facebook group as well. So I thought we'd, um, we'd go through our choices, Tim. And then I'll read out some of the comments off the podcast group as well, because there was some good stuff in there. For anyone who's a new listener and isn't a member of the podcast group, um, it's a private group, but we pretty much accept everybody. You know, we're pretty... Um, we're not choosy, yeah. Yeah, we need friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you just go to Facebook and search for Full Tank Motorcycle Podcast, uh, you'll find it. No probs. I think I'm just going to jump in, Tim, with my one-bike yeah. choice. Yeah, because it's it's not that surprising, and it's come up recently in another list. And I hope it's not the same as yours, but my one-bike that I would spend that amount of money on would be a fully spec'd-out Multistrada V4. Ooh. And I've only cemented my position on it after watching MCN's review the other day mm. on YouTube, which just went up. And uh, here's my rationale, Tim. It will literally do absolutely everything. You might go down the sports bike route and just get one amazing sports bike. But this will actually, if you just had one motorcycle, this will do absolutely everything. And if you go on the configurator, you can spec it right out. So you can add the radar adaptive cruise control. You can add the sports kit with the Akropovich like, exhaust system. Mm -hmm. uh, what else did I add? Panniers. Spoke wheels, because they look way better. Hmm, there was something else as well. It was all like center stand and stuff. But then, oh yeah, I put like engine bars, peripheral lights. And basically, if I put every single thing that I wanted on it, it came mm. to something like 24,700 and something pounds. You got some but change. that's the bike, right? You can go up and down the motorway on it. It's got adaptive cruise control, luggage. So like, what else do you need? And heated bits and bobs, keep you warm. Decent windscreen. I upgraded the windscreen as well. Mm -hmm. It can really corner apparently as well though. It's got uh surprising so we're saying levels it can do of everything you're thinking you could probably take it on a track as well if you were if you were so inclined. It's a hundred and sixty-five horsepower V4. Oh I'm aware of the engine. Yeah, but you it just it's it's always funny. I don't know if you've ever seen videos. I've checked out a few because when I was looking for the Honda, the CB thirteen hundred. Uh versus the Yamaha and stuff as well. It was just funny when you see those kind of bikes on a track. And there's inevitably, there'd be some video of person on a CB1300 like chasing down R6s or whatever the sort of tagline or title is. And it is quite funny when you watch a bike that sort of doesn't fit there, 
just reeling in sports bikes and stuff. And I, that yeah, one would totally. probably be the same thing. It'd be one of those bikes where if you've got a rider who really knows the bike, they okay, end up reeling me. in sports bikes. <laughs> they end up reeling in sports bikes. You've got a chance. I, you've got hope. <laughs> if I owned it, if I owned it and lent it to somebody, they've got a chance. Yes, yeah. in your leathers, so at least it looks like you. Yeah. And I was thinking as well, like, you know, put the right tyres on it and you could do a bit of gravel stuff. Touring, totally fine as well. Yeah. I really can't think of anything that it can't do apart from, you know, very extreme off-roading or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if yeah. you wanted to go really fast. Yeah, it's but it's nice to have something that will do pretty much everything, like you say, especially for riders like yourself uh, and m- me as well. That we're not we're not really we're not specialist riders. We're all, we're mm-hmm. all over. We just enjoy going for a ride. So we're never going to be taking them to their extremes. So you just need something that's good enough for those sorts of situations. I was looking to review the V eighty five TT the other day, and they were saying about that being off road, and they were like. In comparison to say like the the BMWs and the KTM's and stuff, some of them might be a slight, little bit more capable, but you can still go all of the same places on the V85. It's just a slightly different experience, and you you ride to the bike's uh, abilities. And I think that's probably true of the yeah. Multistrada, where you could go all of the same places that you could with a big BMW GS or a, a Tiger or a KTM. You could do all the same roads. You would just maybe be a little bit slower or just ride slightly differently. I reckon it's a bike that in any terrain is more capable than I would be. Oh, yeah. So there we go. That's my one bike choice. Sorry that it was also the bike that I really want to ride this year, but I've been thinking about it a lot. And that's why I got it out the way first. Well, it would be disingenuous if you chose a different bike. Don't lie about your one choice. Anyway, yeah. I'm hoping you haven't chosen the same one. Well, I've Hit chosen the Ducati. No, of course. <laughs> um, no, it's one of the, the one of those bikes. It's one of those bikes that I don't think I would go for. I mean, like I love the idea of the adventure bike in terms of where you can ride them and stuff, but I still, um, yeah, there's still just something that that um, steers me away from them a little bit, and I kind of I want to be excited by them, and I don't think there's an adventure bike that necessarily gets me as excited, and especially if you're spending. Uh, 25 grand on your kind of dream bike or one that could be a dream bike i just don't think i would uh have it as a pick um but i was looking at a bike that would do yeah a variety of different riding a little bit silly but uh is at least a little bit more versatile than some that you could go for is it a ducati scrambler it's a duke it's a 25 grand (laughs) fully customized no. Uh, <laughs> and it's not a Ducati for that reason. At the moment, I am very much <laughs> off the flavour of Ducati. Uh, as reliable as some of them definitely can be, it's just that I got a duffer. Um, so no, mine is a little over budget. I am wondering whether or not you'll allow me uh, this one. And I think if you spoke to a dealer nicely or had a good partnership, maybe you could get a, uh, a good deal on one. Um, I was going for the Kawasaki H2. Were you? Yeah. Wow. I know. Right? That, see, that that's that side of your personality that bought <laughs> the CB1300, isn't it? That mm-hmm. kind of like big, heavy, super, well, it's not heavy, is it? The Kawasaki, the CB was. Uh, no. But yeah, like big, straight line, super powerful. Yeah. How much are we talking for one? Uh, well, the 26. I, f- I think they'd just recently gone up because I, I feel like they were slightly less than that before. You can top um, it up yourself if you want. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Just one second. Sell the scrambler. Yeah, I would sell the scrambler. Sorry, my, uh, my partner just turned off the TV somehow. <laughs> just jumped into the podcast. Do you want to say hello? No. <laughs> G- 
good. So yeah, I would go for the Kawasaki because it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit uh, sporty. It's not what you would ever call a practical bike, but I don't think it's the most impractical bike either. And it has that kind of special factor. If I'm spending 25 grand on one bike or just over, I would want it to, well, firstly, put a smile on my face and to be a little bit of a... A statement as well i want it to yeah. be kind of i want people to go oh, a nice bike mate and i think that's one of those that they probably would i mean you know personally with the two of us when we went out riding one of us on the africa twin and one of us on the r9t and someone came over and went oh a nice bike to the r9t and the more expensive africa twin yeah. they just went nah rubbish which you know it was the adventure sport in the blue, red, and white color scheme, which it looks pretty impressive to me. Yeah. No, same to me. But we know what goes into it. We know what that bike is able to do. We know what the cost is of it. So to us, it's you know it's impressive. Uh, but even to sort of even to bikers, so to non-bikers, normally if you show them an adventure bike, they just don't really think much of them. But yeah. even to certain bikers, if you show it to uh, to some people, they're like, no, not my deal. And they'll be more excited by some, I don't know, sort of five grand uh, custom job or some little uh, 600 or old school sort of like 40-year-old bike. They'll be more impressed by sometimes. Um, it's hard to tell. And you shouldn't ever sort of gauge it by trying to impress people. But I, I would want a little bit uh, to impress people if I was spending that kind of money on a bike. So there's a little bit of vanity there as well and posturing. But uh, I do like the Kawasaki and it just sort of fascinates me because I know how capable that is. I mean, not first hand, I haven't ridden it, but from all the people um, that have, they say mm. sort of considering how big and how powerful it is, it is surprisingly nimble and surprisingly capable. It's not like it's unwieldy and it, you just can't really use it. Yeah, that's interesting. And you're saying the stock H2, not the ZH2 naked or the H2 SX Tourer. No, I'm going for the, the H2, yeah. I don't know. I've always fancied a go on the SX. I think that kind of makes a bit more sense to me. But uh, yeah, well, fair enough, Tim. I actually didn't see that coming at all. I didn't your see choice. it coming until it, it just pinged into my head last night while I was uh, wow. dreaming. And I was like, that yeah. makes sense. Because I was looking at other things. I mean, the obvious one for me was going to go for something like the Triumph Rocket, which is always, I've, I've mentioned my sort of love for that bike anyway. Uh, but that almost seemed too obvious. And I don't think it's versatile, really, in terms of how you would ride it or where say, you would ride it. The novelty factor, I think, would wear off after a while on like small UK roads, especially going into town and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, I can see why it would make sense in certain places or if you're doing touring or, mm. um, or just kind of like longer stretches or whatever. But uh, yeah, I just don't think it could be a, a single bike. Although I'm sure there are plenty of people who run it as their only bike and, and love it. Um, yeah. But for me, I, I, that wouldn't be my pick either. I was going to say, why don't you go into your, let's say you could split the budget. I want to hear yours first. Okay. You're on a roll. Uh, all right, fine. I'm in the zone. My uh, choice for that, because you want to get a variety of different bikes. You want them to do different things, I think. Yeah. So I would start with the KTM 390 Adventure straight in there. You love Why are you that? shaking your head? I do like that bike a lot, yeah. Because when not? we talked about, what was it, the best bikes that we rode in 2020, wasn't this really high up the list? It wasn't number one, was it? No, it wasn't number one, but um, it was on the list, yeah. It made it made the cut for me. Top three. Um, I'll tell you why. Because yeah. same thing. You do want, I think if you're going to do it, you want a bike 
a kind of sporty bike, you want something else uh, with maybe a little bit more charm, and then you want something potentially that you can take off-road because that's a different aspect of riding. Yeah. And for me, that always comes down to a cheaper bike probably because if you were to drop it, I don't want to worry about it as much as my ten or £15,000 bike. So the uh, 390 Adventure is a perfect little tool for me because I'm only ever going to dip yeah. a toe in off-road. I'm never going to take it too seriously. And it will comfortably tour as well because I rode that thing up uh, to see my mum in Wales and it's probably yeah. the most comfortable bike I've ridden up there uh, really? and down. Honestly, yeah, out of the ones that I've owned, which isn't saying a huge amount, but definitely I would say one of the most comfortable rides I'd had doing that journey and I've done it a few times. So it has the chops to kind of sit at um, 70 miles an hour easily on the motorway, really comfortably for the bike. The engine doesn't feel strained and you've got no kind of extra wind or discomfort in your, uh, you know, wind in your face or discomfort in terms of the riding position. So it's it's perfect for that sort of stuff as well, if you want to go and do a little trip. That is a great shout. So yeah, and it's only, was it, five, five yeah. and a half, five, four or something? Yeah, you've, You've got so much. I've got still so left much to, to play with. Here. Yeah, we'll do that, and then I'll just take a trip with the other uh, nineteen grand. Um, so no, then I would probably uh, diversify a little bit. I'm going to give you the obvious one first, which I think you could probably guess if you were to uh, to set your mind to it. Would be the V7. Yes, but a new V7, which I know are coming <laughs> in at eight thousand pounds, mm. which helps with the budget. Keeping yeah, it does. In there. We've got a five and a half thousand. We've got an eight thousand pound, and this one is the the charming little charismatic cafe racer style, old school sort of riding, if you like. There are yeah. no bells and whistles. It's nothing fancy, but it looks really cool. It sounds really cool, and it's really fun to ride. Um, yeah. It's sort of it's comfortable enough, cushy enough, um, but it's still able to carve up some some little B roads and stuff. So it's a really fun machine. But I feel like you probably could have guessed that one ahead of time if I'd have said my list. Uh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not a it's not a massive curveball. But then sometimes, <laughs> you know, we're all prone to the odd double bluff, aren't we? That's true. So. Yeah, I could have gone somewhere else with it. I have a last bike which I don't know whether you would guess. Well so wait, you you spent thirteen and a half grand About and that. then you just going all in with the rest of the budget. Pretty much. Yes. Mm. My last bike on the on the pick and I think it's still probably able to buy but it's uh, important that I explain that it is not the brand spanking new one, but the one that is just going out, and that would be a speed triple. Wait, you'd get the 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 twenty to twenty year model. I would because I have no extra money in my budget. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at the pricing, and the twelve hundred is it would take me over the twenty five thousand. I don't think we can stretch both my budgets that far. Um, right. But you can comfortably get yourself the older outgoing model, which is not a slow bike by any stretch of the imagination um, and is a really good one. And I would be tempted at first, I thought, well, Street Triple, obviously. And then actually I thought the Speed Triple, if it was buying now of the bikes that I've owned, I loved my Street Triple. But if I was buying one now, I would take the Speed over the street and only because it almost mellows out a little bit because it's got a bit more power to play with. So it doesn't need to rev or work quite as hard as the Street Triple. So I think it's slightly yeah. less goading in certain respects. Interesting. I've ridden one of those uh, last year, I think. Hmm. The 1050 RS, yeah. And it's mad how good it is. It's good, yeah, isn't it? You wouldn't be wanting for anything on the road with that. And that rounds off. I can see what you've done there. You've kind of ticked all the boxes. I would hope so, yeah, because you've got something that's, that's sporty and fast and, and stiff in the suspension and agile. You've got hmm. something which uh, is no 
less fast really if you're going on uh, normal roads. So obviously you're never going to take it on a track, but the V7 is not a slow thing uh, around some B roads. And then you've got a little adventure bike that you can go and play off-road. Beautifully played, Tim. Thank well you. done to you. I can see how that works. Yeah, there's a little bit of um, old Tim there with the V7. <laughs> and then a little bit of H2 Tim with the, you know, the speed triple. Yeah, the midlife crisis Tim with the H2. And then there's, <laughs> and then there's practical Tim with the sort of mini dad bike. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. I think we, we kind of went along similar lines, but I, I was thinking about... Could I get three bikes? Could I get four bikes? I was looking at like really affordable little mm-hmm. uh, off-roaders because like everyone would always like to have that option. Yeah. And I just was going round and round and round and round for ages trying to figure out how I could slot it all into 25 grand nicely. And then ah, I just had a moment of realization, which was like, basically, if you get the Tiger 900 Rally Pro, I've always said it's like a ridiculous spec on that bike yeah. in terms of accessories. So when you're adding engine bars to the Multistrada V4 and peripheral lights, and what else do you have to add? Tiger 900 with the heated seat that you get on the Tiger 900. Yeah, and stuff exactly. Like. All, all these little bits and bobs. I was kind of adding them all up and it, it got to nearly 25 grand. Uh, obviously, there's like it's way more powerful. It's got the radar cruise control. But yeah. for the same thing, you know, 13,400, you basically get most of those features uh, it's mm. only 95 horsepower, but in terms of a bike that will ferry you up and down the motorway easily, mm-hmm. um, do a little bit of gravel riding if you wanted, uh, be nice and warm with heated grips and seat on those miserable commutes, uh, lug camera gear around if you've got luggage on it, all those things. Luggage was out of budget, actually, for this one, so that'd have to be like something I save up for. <laughs> uh, but that was it. I was like, yeah, 13 four for that. That's very good. And that leaves me with Mm £11,600. So then I can get something silly for the weekends. But me and Tim, you know, we've both come from a background of really enjoying retro motorcycles. And as our, um, you know, YouTube channels have grown a little bit broader, so has the podcast. And we've started to consider a a wider range of bikes. Um, But I still like bikes that look really nice. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, well, can I combine your V7... Because you've essentially, you know, the Tiger's like a, a big version of the same idea you've gone for with the yeah. uh, 390. Yeah. Can I squeeze your other two bikes into 11,600? Mm. And the best thing I could com- come up with was either a speed twin, but that's just too boring a choice for me because I've got the street twin. It would just not be, I wouldn't be excited about that. I wouldn't feel good about myself coming on the podcast and saying, <laughs> if I'm I had go for the slightly bigger, faster version of the bike that I already have. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't sleep tonight. No. So then I was shopping around and I was looking at lists of like the best retros and it was staring me right in the, in the face, you know, R90, but... I don't know if you've seen the updated colors and stuff, but the cheapest model now is the pure. Yes. And the, the cheapest paint job is this gray finish. Yeah. And I think it actually, with one modification, is the best looking R90 in the lineup now because it doesn't have too many of the blink parts, the mm-hmm. billet parts. Uh, it doesn't have like the flashy paint jobs. It's mm. just, it, it showcases like the fundamental, beautiful design of that bike. Yeah. So it comes with the black seat, this really nice, like, slate gray tank. Yeah. All the um, components are pretty much blacked out now. That was a change, I think, for this year. Yes. 
But the one mod I would make is the Option 719 wheel set. So I think with that, it's roughly in budget. Mm -hmm. And you can get either, you can get a spoke wheel set for like uh, 300 quid. Uh, you can get some racing mag wheels that are Option 719 with a bit of um, machining on them. Or you can mm -hmm. get these Option 719 spoked wheels. I think this would be in budget. If not, I'd have to get the cheap spoke wheels. But they've got like visible, um, I want to say visible nipples, but they're not nipples. <laughs> That's what yeah, you it's call always them. nice to have visible nipples on your bike. <laughs> <laughs> They've got visible nipples, a bit like uh, Caneo wheels. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know those ones that you get on the MV Augustas that have those little um, anodized dots all around the rim? Yes. Essentially, yeah. it's, it's BMW's version of that. Okay. So if you take that kind of cheapest bike, don't put any of the silly bits on it. Yeah. Just put the um, just put the really really nice wheels on. They transform uh -huh. it, and and for me, it just looks absolutely spot on. It's a dream bike for me. That and um, on the road, it's got like what hundred odd horses, so that's yes. plenty. It, it it loves being you know hammered that bike, but it's it looks that good as well. And I think I'm probably not that likely to go any quicker on a more capable bike on the road. It's got good brakes, decent suspension. On oh, that I don't pure think model. you could. Yeah, I mean, honestly, how much of any bike can you use on the road? Once it gets above, what is it, like 70 horsepower, I would say. It, well, actually, no, to be fair, even like the Street Twin, where we're knocking around the sort of 50 to 60 mark, doesn't often feel slow. It's only when you're on like a really open, straight stretch and it takes maybe totally. a little bit longer than some other bikes to work up to speed. But once you get it up to speed, you're not lacking on practically any bike, really, when you're going around. So, yeah, no, the R9T is is not lacking for anything. I was really happy In with fact, that. you are quick on that because I followed you on it when I was on the Africa Twin, and I think you lost me a few times. <laughs> I knew that road well, I think, is my only advantage there. <laughs> uh, I think that was an illusion. Um, <laughs> all right, so we've got loads of responses to this question in the Facebook group. So like I say, if anyone's not joined up, do get stuck in there. I love reading all these comments. Uh, and let's jump in. And I guess the game is, Tim, are mm -hmm. any of these good enough to convince you to swap your choice for somebody else's suggestion here? <laughs> you reckon? I, I think I've seen one of them that I definitely liked as an option, but I think it was a second-hand one. It was the person who said, Ariel, um, you'll come across it in a second anyway, but Ariel do some really nice, odd very odd bikes, but over budget. So they, they said secondhand. So I'm not sure if I would uh, personally uh, be able to choose that one. I haven't actually been through all of these yet myself. So um, oh, okay. it was an area actually was the name. Sorry. There, there may be one that surprises me. So David Garraway, a frequent contributor to the group. So thanks for that. Uh, says the most obvious answer would be three bikes, a touring bike like a GS or Tiger, a Sunday morning quick blast, fast naked, and then like an everyday workhorse, like a big engine maxi scooter or DCT naked, maybe a final fourth bike for posing on or just polishing that's totally impractical. I don't think you're going to get four bikes in Unless you went used, I think I should have stipulated new bikes only for the sake of this I think exercise. it was important, yeah. But yeah, because if it was secondhand, you could have quite a few for that. Totally, yeah. You could get four bikes easily that easily. covered loads of bases. But um, anyway, I, I don't think uh, David's going to change your mind there because he's not specific enough. But his, his way of thinking, his rationale is aligned with both of ours. Uh, also... 
aligned with our rationale or mine. Uh, William Simington said he would go for the new Multistrada and a jerry can. Get a bit more <laughs> mileage out of it. Because, yeah, it's hungry, Sensible. apparently, that bike. Is, <laughs> I've heard it's very hungry. That was actually I something that imagine. came up in the uh, MCN review. It eats fuel. So in yeah. terms of touring, they're like, I don't know if I can recommend it for that, but everything yeah. else. But you know what? If um, if I was given 25 grand outright and then I just owned a bike like that, I wouldn't be you know paying any like finance or anything. So I'd have a bit of cash for fuel anyway. So... I'm willing to burn it. It just depends whether you end up finding yourself stuck in the middle of nowhere because you've run out of fuel, but I doubt it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Jim Ma says uh, something sort of trendy looking like a street scrambler, something super exciting and exotic, but not too fast, like a used 899. And then fan- mm-hmm. finally, something that you can go around, around the world on. I'm struggling to get the words out today. Uh, maybe an F850 GS Adventure or one of the new Tigers. Same as everyone else, isn't it, Tim? Hitting all the categories. You need to, though. If you can have a multitude of bikes, you can't have you can't have three bikes that do exactly the same thing. Unless you find True. that comment, in which case, fair play to them for sticking to their guns. They know what they like. James Cole says, specced out Multistrada as the one bike. I'm surprised that... I, I feel like um, I hit the nail on the head there, and that's quite rare for me. It's coming up frequently. Or you've, or you've lied to me and you actually read all these comments before we I went. I didn't. I promise <laughs> I copied. didn't. I promise. Uh, but he said he'd much prefer to get two for that cash. Yeah. As a fan, <laughs> wait, as a Triumph fan, I'd be getting a Tiger 900. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just me signed into someone else's account. <laughs> <laughs> and probably a Speedmaster or maybe a nice Speed Triple. Tough I one. love the Speedmaster. I would do that as well. That that actually is one of the bikes I would quite like to own. But I just I would want, as he says, something else to balance it to offset it that you can uh, go a little bit quicker around some corners on. Uh, Grant Hendrick says a Ducati Monster and a Triumph Bobber Black. Now that is two very different styles of bike. Yeah. Although, in terms of engine performance, you've got a V twin and a two seventy parallel twin, so there's some mm-hmm. similarities there. But in terms of like how they are to ride and riding position and what they feel and look like. Yeah, you've got two different bikes there. And he doesn't feel the need to plug a dad gap. Whoa, that sounds horrible. <laughs> With a... Um... Never use that phrase again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he hasn't. Yeah, well done, Grant. I know Grant personally. Yeah, he's a friend Do of you? mine. Yeah, so oh, good yeah. choice, Grant. Well done. Sweet. I like he's that got one, some, some spending cash off the back of that as well. Some nice leathers uh, to, you <laughs> to reckon? Sort of fill the gap. Yeah. How much is the new Monster? Uh, well, that's a good question. The brand new one. It's yeah, a I'm going to look. So there's a Ducati tax guess. on that somewhere. you, you got to get within a grand if you guess. And you'll oh, win me? a prize. Yeah? Uh, this is embarrassing because I should definitely know. Um, well, are you going to say the base monster or the monster plus? Let's go base. And I'm going to I'm gonna say 12. Four, 14? <laughs> 12. No, I mean, you were miles <laughs> off. What? 10,200. £10,295. That's a steal. It's good, isn't it? There you go. So he's got he's got spending cash. That's leathers. But that's in that kind of KTM 890 Ducati. You know, that's what it's competing with. And that's yeah. um, 10 and a half, I think. So you, you can get some proper rapid bikes for that kind of money. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, he has got a bit of change. Uh, Bike Bob. There's a couple of uh, comments in here from Bike Bob, actually, because I think he changed his mind. He said 25... he did say he reserves the right to change his mind on a daily basis. <laughs> That's very uh, fair. Uh, for 25 grand, it'd be a toss-up between a professionally built bobber, mm. an SV650 hill climber, 
with all the super twin kit thrown at it, or a drag bike, or an Energica Eva Rebel, which I recently reviewed, and that would be a hell of a way to spend that budget. But I think he he uh, he came back an hour later with what I think <laughs> is probably a better shout, yeah, uh, which would be a Harley Street Bob and a Zero SRF, and nice. that. It's an excellent combo, Tim, because the yeah, SRF has your naked sports base covered, but also mm -hmm. it's a pretty practical day-to-day -day commuting choice yeah. if you know the set distance you're covering each day. And electric yeah. actually makes a lot of sense. Big shout. And it's comfy, isn't it? It is, yeah. And obviously he's got a hell of a contrast in that he's gone for an electric bike as well. So you've, you've got a lot on there. But I like the fact that it only took him an hour to, to switch his... Nope. I've <laughs> changed my mind. Yeah, me too. Uh, Gav Hunt said, if I had that kind of budget, I'd love a Triumph Bobber and a Kawasaki Z900 RS. Two very different bikes. Yes. Now, that was one of the ones that came up when I was looking at like best retros and I settled on the old R9T. But Z900 yeah. RS. Yeah. They're really good and different as well because obviously a lot of the retros um, that uh, certainly that we ride or come into contact with are twins, generally speaking. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, two-cylinder so when you go for the four-cylinder of the kawasaki it makes it very different to the rest of the market that it sort of plays with that's great exactly and also it's actually you know heavily based upon the z900 so in, yes in actuality you're really just getting a modern sports naked mm -hmm. uh but it it, it kind of lives another life as well in terms of it's a bit of a posing machine so that is a big shout mm -hmm. and i can see why it's gone down that route and i echo your sentiments tim about yeah the inline four yeah, it certainly does give you something a bit playful for those silly weekend blasts. Andre Skouras uh, said a GSXR 1000R for fun, and then a Moto Guzzi Stelvio NTX for travel, and then the rest for upgrade parts and track days. Have you ever had a go on a Stelvio? But I would imagine it, when he, he says money for for customization, I'd say for fixing. <laughs> i'm joking i love motor Guzzi. they're very reliable <laughs> okay so that one hasn't sold you oh here's one that might alan white motor Guzzi v85 tt kawasaki ninja 1000 sx which i was surprised when i put i put a video together the other day which was like uh top 10 best selling bikes in the uk last year uh the ninja 1000 sx was something like fifth or fourth or fifth yeah. sixth uh, yeah really popular because they're super good value for money and super yeah. fast anyway and an uh sv650 so you've got adventure touring track and scratching covered i think you know like basically all your bases covered there what do you think yeah. of that one is that tempting you i'm not i'm not switching from from mine for that no. one but it is a good choice i will i will justify that definitely oh wait bike bob did come back with another one he wants a cheap indian, <laughs> indian chief dark horse which just came out and an sv650 hill climber now i really want to get on that chief dark horse have you seen that tim i have uh, yeah i would like to have a go on that as well a blown up indian scout in it um for 25 grand michelle Micoli would go for an Aprilia Capo Nord 1200 Rally, a Moto Guzzi V7, Yay. and the Ninja 1000 SX. It's coming up frequently. It's good value for money, though. That's why. I mean, yeah. and a Ninja, I don't know. I don't know my sports bikes that well, but I feel like there are, and there are differences between them, but in terms of which one's more capable, they're all really close to each other. I think it more comes down to which one you gel with when you get your sort of uh, big, big sports bike in there. Let me rattle through these um, a little bit quicker for you. So 
Brendan Hager says 25 grand will buy a Roadster. I think by that he means a Harley Roadster, which I, I love that bike. A Speed Twin and a Monster 821. And then he's got about 600 quid that he would have to haggle down. That's a pretty nice setup. Just shout if any of these manage to, you know, take your fancy. Yeah. Uh, Alex Fuel says option A would be a guess. Multistrada V4. Don't worry, Tim. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was slow to die on that one. <laughs> option B, uh, Yamaha TDR 250, uh, MT10 and a Grom. Mm, hey. I like that. Nice. Cheeky Kibble. Grom is like a, you know, if you've got a bit of like in there. loose change, just throw a That's Grom That's the one, in. yeah. It's either the leathers or the Grom. Just whack it in. <laughs> Bung it in. Uh, Graham Allen says Tiger 9 for tours, CB650R mm. for dailies, and then something mm. old to keep the spanners busy. Now, that's a good shout. That is a good I shout. I haven't really thought about getting an old classic that you actually want to break so that you've got <laughs> something to do while you're locked down. Yeah. Um, Michael Waterford just gave one answer, a Dakar spec CRF 450. Wow. You know, imagine just tearing around everywhere on a proper Dakar spec. <laughs> like You would CRF. be one of one in London, definitely. That's quite cool. <laughs> I know, but you, you'd be one of those people definitely looking for excuses to ride over things at any opportunity. <laughs> uh, Chris Hall says a used aerial ace for the single bike. There it is. Which you like that, didn't you? I like it because it is, I mean, that's a proper curveball. If you're going for something a little bit strange, that's going to turn some heads. Multiple bikes, you'd go for an Indian FTR 1200 and an MV Dragster 800RR. I like that as well. V-Twin and then something a bit crazy, that triple. And the, the Dragster's been just updated with like uh, TFT Dash and lean mm -hmm. sensitive rider aids. But I just remember riding it. And that was the one I've mentioned many a time where I just thought, oh, I'll see what this can do. And yeah. I turned a corner and just wrenched on the throttle and it just popped up the front end without even time to dwell on the notion that it might do. <laughs> I, I, I was just, I was that just was looking at... I couldn't wait to put it then. I was, I was wondering where you were going to sort of go with it. Terrified. I just remember okay? turning the throttle and then looking yeah. at the front wheel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, In that front... shouldn't be up here. Nice. <laughs> um, oh, Bike Bob's back. Harley Sportster or Indian Scout. He's just, li <laughs> he's just listing. <laughs> you have to limit it to one, man. <laughs> He's just listing he loads of bikes, bikes now. more frequently than I do. <laughs> William Boyd says CB1000R and then a CRF250 and spend the change on and ice cream on the way home. CB1000R, big shout. Yeah. I, I actually did think about that as well because you know what we said about an inline four? It's nice to have that, you know, as an when option. Yeah, when it's done well. I mean, and again, there's some differences in character between them, obviously. But yeah, nice to go for a, an inline four. Richard Cole says uh, new Hayabusa and then a Moto Guzzi V-Stone for around town. That's a hell of a combo. They, they couldn't get much more different than that, I don't think. And he's the only one so far to have chosen the Busa. Yeah. Touring in there. Last one here, Jim Shuttleworth uh with three bikes r90 urban gs i think he's biased because he just bought one and i don't imagine it is <laughs> vip pill although you know that is a, a bit of a dream bike for me as well yeah. vip pill and 701 and a t120 i'm not sure if they all fit within 25 grand so maybe he's talking used as well but that is like the ultimate retro bike fanatic well that's the thing garage. i was saying before about people going for a lot of them have gone for variety he's actually probably one of the only ones that's gone for three in similar sort of category and uh, they, they're, they're good but obviously he knows what style he likes there is some contrast between them obviously i mean a t120 and a vip pill are very different but 
um, they're at least within the same sort of ballpark. So none of those have swayed you. That was the last one. Uh, what what about uh, just the totally impractical choice of spending the entire 25 grand on a race spec uh, Dakar Rally CRF 450? I like that. But I do. It, it, <laughs> that's it's what they so call... niche. I don't know whether I could bring myself to do it, but I do like that. Yeah, that's. I was going to say, that's what they call BDE, isn't it? Explain. Uh, big dick energy, just like... <laughs> Good. Would you imagine that's the first time I've heard that? And yes, I would agree with you. That is a definite BDE. <laughs> Just commit to, yeah, something mad. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, um, you know, obviously Has it slightly swayed you disappointed. You ask if it swayed me. Have any of them uh, taken tickled your fancy? I'll tell you what, ever since I... Th this is a dangerous game to play, Tim, because what mm. it encourages you to do is go on to... Uh, bike <laughs> configurators and have a look at what you can get yeah. and like i made the totally practical choice to pull the trigger on the trident and uh it's being delivered to the dealer on thursday so i might be able to go and film it being uncrated and make a little bit of uh i think they're going to put a little gazebo outside so that i can film it there but they don't have nice. to go near me you know that sort of thing and obviously i'm going to be so happy when I get to see it. And also, it's a, a bit of a bargain, that bike. And I had a set yeah, budget really for, for a bike for this year. Just, you know, and I thought, they're going to sell a lot, so I'll get, I'll get good videos out of them, etc., yeah. etc. Et but since I've been doing the configurator on that R90 Pure, I'm just like, that is a thing of beauty. But I feel like, you know, that would be a a choice of um a choice with the heart not the head and the trident's a bit more good value for money, no more power than you really need sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a shame. I mean, if the R9T weren't there, it's, this is still a heart choice. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. Slightly more practical as far as practical reasons why you're getting it. Um, but it is still, I don't know. I mean, you've ridden it, so you would know whether or not it tugs at heartstrings. But I would say that's a sort of passion purchase as well. The, the other thing is you could get three and a half tridents for 25 grand. For, as a fleet? Different colours? <laughs> Uh, there's four color choices, so you could you could possibly get. Oh, but you'd miss off the fourth. You can't get three out of no, four. <laughs> just get actually buy three, and then with the remainder buy a tank. Buy the tank in the other ah, color. Just and then yeah, <laughs> swap it. Good. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if we can follow that absolute nugget, brain nugget, uh, with anything better. <laughs> no, other than the fact that, as you say, it just means that now I'm going to go through configurators and. Uh, and especially since I am no longer friends with my bike, I'm going to start looking oh, at other bikes to choose, which is dangerous. Get on the uh, Trident configurator. There you go. We can be Trident buddies. I can't do that. We can't have the same bike. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be cool. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your day sort of uh, teasing yourself. Maybe lock your uh, bank details or credit card away for, yes. for the day and just cool off. <laughs> and I'll do the same. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you next time. Catch you soon.